Right, guys, we're back again. Old uh, Tommy Boy's on holiday and uh, he's gone AWOL after his race in Cochamel. Uh, so we're left with me, the cripple, Tom, the DNFer, and uh, the champ, Max Stapley. <laughs> <laughs> the first, first fucking first race I've ever won, mate, I reckon. I don't know if I've won a race in about three years, so it feels good. Really? What was the last race you won? What do you reckon it was? Can you remember? <sighs> I got second at Arena Games, but the last race I won is a French Aquathon championship when I was like 18 years old or something. So long time really? ago. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually been that long since you last won a race. Yeah, mate. You know, it's few and far between for guys like me, for the old semi-pros knocking on the door. You don't get many wins. So so it must have been an amazing feeling then, was it? Like when you were in the lead. I bet you were, I bet you were thinking, I can't give this up now when you knew you were like 5K to go on the run and you were like leading, weren't you? Yeah, to be fair, it was a fucking good race, mate. Like, I'm not going to lie. I wish more races were like that. It was... You know, we started in the ocean 6.30 in the morning in Thailand. Then we had to jump over like a sand dune to get into the lagoon to swim to transition. Like, first of all, you had to get a boat to the swim start. Like, this race really? Is, is really good, yeah. And then on, on the bike, you go kind of all around the island. You go through like an elephant sanctuary. And then you ride up and down some really, really steep hills, which you probably saw the video of me stuck in the 54.28 up a fucking 30% ramp, mate. That was a big mistake. For those of you that don't know, this was Laguna Phuket Triathlon, so it's in Thailand. Uh, was it 2K swim, is it, or 1,500-meter swim, something like that? Yeah, 60K right. bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, in, is it an 11K run? 12. Some, it's like a funky 12. distance. All right, yeah. 12K run. So we, did you have the 54 on the, bar, on the bike? Is that what you had on there? Well, I've been running or is around. Or it not there. Yeah, it was a 54. I've been running 54. around on the island, and everything's pretty much flat here apart from, like, this one section you go through in the race, which is an absolute bomb, mate, like 15 to 30% like ramps, like really, really steep. Like you'd have to go, go up in first in your car. And uh, I went to the bike shop for a tune up and I said, Oh, can you have a look at my bike? Whatever. And the Thai lady's like, Oh, you have one by. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. Why? And she's like, Oh, are you sure you're not get up the hill? And I was like, <laughs> And I looked at it and I was like, fucking hell, it's a 54. I'm no way I'm going to get up here. And she was like, oh, bad, bad. So I tried to get a new cassette, couldn't get a new cassette. And I just said, fucking hell, I'm going to have to just big dog it up the hill. And mate, I was honestly squealing like a pig up there. I was at 190 BPM, like left to really? right. Really? Yeah, I was squealing. I was actually at one point went, oh. I was... <laughs> 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 yeah, I got through it. You're probably lucky that they didn't change the chain ring because of that, the, as we're a certain type for the one by, if they just put a normal chain ring on, the chain would have just kept dropping the whole time and you'd have been absolutely fuming, wouldn't you, if that had happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. I did see a picture of you, a little video clip on uh, on Instagram and it looked like you were properly like grinding towards the top of the climb, like you're out the saddle and everything. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at my power. I think I had to push like 470 watts just to keep the bike going. Otherwise, oh. I would have had to run up the hill. Grim. And it's so hard to get the power out, isn't it, when the cadence is so low as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I was just like, these these hills are quite short, but they're super steep, but I could just see the top of each hill. And I was like, right, just get to the top, get to the cup, and then I'd recover down the hill. But flipping heck, I was coming into T2, mate. I was thinking, how the fuck am I going to run off this? My head, my legs are absolute bricks. But got through <laughs> it in the end. So, yeah, quite happy. It's a pretty prestigious race. Like, Fredino's won it before, I think. Rudy Wild wow. won it before. Yeah, it's like it's it, they call it the race of legends. So I'm pretty pretty chuffed with that. To be fair, 
That is a big race. I've heard of it. And it's like a, a big end of season one, isn't it? Yeah, and your missus won as well. So it was like both of you got first place. So topped off a, a good little trip yeah, to yeah. Thailand then. Yeah, well, we, then, were in the paper, we were in the paper. We were in the Phuket Daily News the, the, the next day, kissing on the podium, mate. It was proper cringe. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there was a lady in the cafe that said, oh, I saw your newspaper. And I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a local celebrity out there now. You can have loads of like Thai followers and stuff. Hey, I'm just going to stay here and just be the king of Asia, do all the 70.3s, get loads of money, you know, live on the beach. The king of Phuket. What is it that guy calls you on Super League? Does he call you Big Easy or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he calls me Big Easy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Easy, winning in Thailand. Making <laughs> it look easy in Thailand, mate. So, uh, what, did you have any lows this week? Obviously, that must have been a high. What uh, Did anything go wrong? Uh... Yeah, I had a low yesterday, mate. Fucking hell. Uh, I tell you what, it's not that bad of a low, but I was I was well pissed off. So they got 7-Elevens here all over all over Thailand. Everywhere you go, 7-Eleven, open 24 hours. So it's, it's well good when you're on a ride because you get really hot. And like I drink this Pakari sweat stuff all day. It's literally just electrolyte. And um, I was going out on the ride and I didn't have enough like supplies with me. So I stopped and got some Haribo and, and electrolyte and uh dunked it on the counter and the lady behind the counter says oh sorry mate uh card minimum 200 baht which is like five pound and i was yeah. like well just just charge me 200 for that like i don't care you know like i'll, I'll just pay five pounds she's like oh i can't do that i can't do that and i was like oh come on and meanwhile i had the bike outside so you know you get a bit stressed out like i just wanted to be in and out and yeah. um and I was like, oh, shit. And I got like two more bags of Haribo. She's like, oh, you're still 50 baht off. I was like, fuck, like just charge me 200. I don't care about this flipping, you know, I don't care how much it costs. And then so I ended up having to go and get bloody Listerine and toothpaste to round it up to 200. <laughs> so I did a two hour ride with Listerine and toothpaste in my back pocket because I needed to get the amount up. So I was well pissed off and I got home and it was all warm and it ran down my jersey, mate. It was proper disgusting. Oh, is that Listerine? There's the mouthwash stuff. Is that what that is? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> at least you had nice breath at least you would have had nice breath after going to the cafe or when you went to the cafe or whatever at the end of the ride oh, yeah i met with my like... missus at the, at the bloody at the cafe and you know i had my supplies ready i just smashed some yeah that's <laughs> what max is thinking like he's having a night no, he's got nice breath and everything for when he comes and sees me at the cafe like this is what a what a nice thoughtful person she's thinking <laughs> he finally made a bit of money he's taking care of himself yeah <laughs> What what did you what did you think of uh, that TT bike that you were using? Like I've lent lent you my TT bike, haven't I? Like was it up to scratch for you then? Like does the job? Oh mate, it's, <laughs> not it's too bloody, battered. It's bloody, it's bloody brilliant. But I will tell you what, I was riding it. I rode it the first time, no problems, you know, and hopped yeah. on it the second time. And Kate's like, "What the fuck is that noise?" And I'm just like looking down, and it's going. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, oh, it must just be like, whatever. It just must just be the heat, whatever. And it did it for the whole ride. And I was like, oh, I need to get this checked out. And I went into the bike shop and the lady was like, oh. Is it a lady mechanic then? Is it a female mechanic that does all the bikes? I've never even seen that before. Like normally they're always like men She's got like an apron on and she's like the owner of the shop. Really? So she knows knows her shit then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Um, wow, and, and she's like, "Oh, your bottom bracket's fucked. It's cracked, and all the bearings are destroyed." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." She's like, "I'm gonna need to fully, re- fully replace everything in here." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, whatever, no worries." And then I wrote to you, and I was like, oh, "I think the bottom bracket's a bit old, mate." He's like, and then you said what? You said, "Yeah, I wrote it through winter." 
<laughs> that was my training one but now you've got the bracket sorted i'll have it back and uh that'll yeah, probably yeah. do the job now you can post it back if you want now you've uh yeah. given it a service and everything and fine-tuned it <laughs> yeah i'll get it to you mate no worries yeah at least i can't at least i know it's up to win in shape um <laughs> um i had a low when like i was in grand canaria um last week and they had like hire bikes at the place where i was staying I hired a bike or like they gave me a bike to use um and on the first ride went down the hill so it's literally like 200 meters into the ride 250 meters something like that and we got to the roundabout and i didn't know we were heading left like it looked like we were heading straight on so i went to head straight on and the guy who was on the outside went to head left <laughs> and i went plowing into him <laughs> and like went down went down on the bike uh bike got like scratched the rear mech was bent and everything he must have thought oh my god who's this chopper because he had like no idea like who i was he was just out there like giving me the bike to use and came out yeah, on a yeah. ride with me so first first like literally 40 seconds of the bike ride i nearly <laughs> took him down i went down myself and like totaled it on on his bike and i was like oh what a nightmare so then had to walk back up the hill because i couldn't even ride back up the hill because we thought the rear mech might get pulled off and he had to sort it out, but that was a bit embarrassing, like you know, for your first ride taking someone down, like literally less than a minute into it. But yeah, I've done that luckily. before. Though. That, that's an easy, that's an easy mistake to make. Like when when there's kind of mis like confusion around a roundabout or a corner, someone goes straight, you go right or left, and you end up bodying each other at the. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> you end up bodying. I know. Each other. I was like. Whose fault was that? You know, like. Yeah, I was like, bloody hell, I thought, I thought we were going straight on. It looked like we were going straight on. He's like, no, no, we have to go left. And I was like, oh, right. Well, I didn't know. It was like, I hadn't actually hadn't been for a ride yet. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, he must have thought, what a chopper. But luckily, he still let me use the bike for the rest of the week after he saw And then he, like, sorted it out. Um, but other than hey, that, it was all good. Yeah. I've seen you on Instagram training training for High Rocks, mate. You you got a conversion coming up. You, you done with Ironman or something? Done with Ironman, mate. I'm... I'm hybrid athlete now. No, <laughs> I actually entered this in June last year, uh, or no, not last year, uh, June earlier this year as like a bit of an end of season. I was planning on doing like finishing the season with Florida, having a few weeks off and then doing high rocks just for a bit of fun because it was like three weeks after after Florida. So I thought it would be pretty fun to do before I got back into training. And then yeah. obviously didn't do Florida, had a bit of time off and I thought, actually, you know what, I might do, I might still do the high rocks. Like, and I thought I'll do a training, I'll do a little session this week and I'll, I'll see how it goes, make sure I can do some of the stuff so i had a little i had a crack um in the gym yesterday trying to sledge push sledge pull and all that making sure i could actually push it and everything and uh thought i think i could do all right in this although i will say that the sledge push could be could be the one that undo, undoes me because i've tried to do it you meant to push 202 kilos and i tried 202 kilos in the gym yesterday and i couldn't move the bloody thing you can and then move i put it. I couldn't move it with 202 kilos. I don't know if it was the surface or what, but me and a few others tried it and none of us could move it. Um, so then I tried 180. I could move it with 180, but the surface, obviously, they reckon makes a massive difference because if you've got a grippy surface, then the sledge just doesn't roll, does it? You know, it doesn't yeah, slide. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you've got a really like low friction surface, the sled, once you get it going, it can it would just like, you can just keep it going easy. But I couldn't even start the bloody thing with 200 kilos. All the other stuff, for people that don't know, High Rocks is... Basically, you do a 1K run, then an exercise, and then a 1K run. And there's eight 1Ks in total and eight exercises. So you do a 1K run and then a different exercise. And like the exercises range from like some kind of like aerobic-y stuff. So like the first one is like a K on the ski erg. Um, then you've got sledge push, sledge pull. Then you have like 
um, farmer's carry where you have to carry like two 32 kilo dumbbell uh, kettlebells. You have lunges with 30 kilos. You have to do that for like 100 meters. Um, rowing machine for a K. That's obviously like a cardio-based one. Um, do you know burpees? What a yeah, burpee yeah. is? They're, fucking, they're bloody hard, aren't they? Yeah, so you have to do a burpee and then a jump and you have to cover, I think it is 100 meters or something like that. Oh, 80 or 100 good. meters. How long does yeah. the event take if you've got 8 by one k and all this? It must take hours. Top people, 56 minutes. Oh, if you're under an hour... You're like rapid, like that. That's the, yeah. that's the, that's like the holy grail that is now. So you want to be trying to shoot for that. And if uh, if the sledge push goes as badly as what it did in the gym yesterday, it will take me an hour to get that bloody thing pushed because I couldn't move it. Um, <laughs> how, but, fast, how fast? What's your pace? What's your pacing for the one k? So how are you going to do it? You're going to take a lactate. You're going to use your heart rate. What are you doing? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna like for the first one. I'll get. I'll get stuck in a bit because it goes into a ski erg. So one k run ski erg's not too bad. The second one. I'm definitely going to knock it down a bit because the sledge push is my biggest hindrance at the moment. That's the only one I tried the sledge pull and that was a piece of piss. Um, that was 150 kilos you have to pull on the sledge, but which sounds a lot worse than what it is. Wasn't that bad, but the push is tough. So I need to make sure I go into that, not breathing at me ass because if you go into that hard and you're puffing, you can't get them the, the uh, power to push it. Then you're going to like, you got to push it 50 meters. So, um, when you on the same surface to pull and push, yeah, same surface, yeah, and it felt fine on the pull, yeah, the pull, but the pull's fifty kilos less, oh yeah, and it's just e- it's just easier, like the push yeah, mate yeah, yeah. grim, but for a big lad like you, you might be able to really fire up them glutes, hammies, and everything, like I could see you doing well, would you it's do it if you were back here and say and say that triathlon uh in Phuket was your last one the season, you had like. And this high rocks was a week after, and you were in England anyway. Would you have given it? Do you reckon you'd give it a go? Yeah, for, for sure, definitely. I, I love all that. I, I always like after triathlon, I'll be big into stuff like that. I reckon and like jujitsu and Muay Thai and all this crazy shit that you can't UFC. Yeah, UFC, mate. mate. Like, I, we went to a Muay Thai the other night. Fucking crazy, dangerous. Was it? Oh yeah, really good though. If you come to Thailand, definitely go to a Muay Thai. It's all like ceremonial. They got the headdress. They walk in and. Then it's like proper physical, like crazy. Is that their key sport in Thailand? Like, is that their national sport kind of thing? Yeah, that's their national thing. Yeah, yeah, Muay Thai. So would these like top Muay Thai fighters, would they be like making big money and they're like on the TV and stuff like that? Like, do you I'm reckon? I'm not sure, but there's posters everywhere for it. It's quite big. Like when you go, there's loads and loads and loads of people that watch it. And like, I think that fighting is quite big here because you've got loads of the UFC guys that train train here as well. Like, we, we sit at the cafe and you got guys that walk in, you know, like, you know, Khabib, you know, with like the big beard. like Oh, Dagestani. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Dagestani guys that walk in with like the cauliflower ears. And I tell Kate, or oh, don't mess with them, you know, like, don't, don't, you know, don't say anything because they'll fuck me up. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't have to deal with them. Um, going back to the High Rocks, um, there's a few triathletes doing that. Former professional triathlete um, that you know, Gordon Benson, sub seven uh team manager he's uh he's in it and he starts 40 minutes behind me went to the olympics didn't he and uh big training partner of the brownleys like uh you've yeah. trained with him haven't you yourself quite a bit how do you reckon he'll go what do you fancy his chances as maybe he's he's a seasoned veteran he's done loads I've, I've been chatting to him quite a bit actually like about this whole thing he was telling me oh yeah mate no like going our rocks you know he talks and yeah like, yeah I fucking love our rocks me <laughs> 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 and, and, and i see him on strava he logs all his high all his rowing and all his running on strava so 
I think you got some stiff opposition, mate. It's going to be the battle of the triathletes. What's uh, his running like nowadays? Then, what do you reckon? Like, how do you reckon he's running? I don't know, but I've heard he's a big lad. He was already a uh, big yeah. lad before, but you know. But I could imagine him doing quite well because even if he's not trained on the running, he's probably still going to naturally be fast, isn't he? But yeah. if he's got the power for the sledge push and everything like that, he's gonna he's gonna fly, isn't he? Around that, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah that's sub seven. Did, do you know he did a uh, sorry? Just you know he did a an event the other day in Yorkshire. He did the World Coal Carrying Championships. Gordon did. Really? Where you carry a bag of coal up a hill? I think he got oh. four. Yeah. Really? So yeah, he's yeah, on. Yeah. He's on form. He's on form. He's already said to me. He saw my video that I posted up yesterday on Instagram, and he said, "See you there, woof woof." <laughs> <laughs> Legend. Legend. Yeah. So I'll see him there. What did you think of the sub seven? Because obviously, for people that don't know, you were involved, weren't you? And you were like, you had to swim with the form goggles on, didn't you? That were like telling you your pace. Uh, <laughs> how did they go? I bet they. I bet they came up with some dodgy numbers, didn't they? No, they 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 were men. They were men. I loved form goggles. Like uh, proper proper fan of the form goggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they probably tell you that your speed's a lot quicker or something than what it actually is. Like in open water, like well, you swim too. The problem, what I said to the developer when he asked me was like, um, he's like, oh, how how's the product? Whatever is you get the pace. It's in the pool. That honestly, like they're a great product. I use them loads in the pool, and they give. What you, like, you use them now. Do you swim with them now then in the pool? Yeah, like sometimes. To train with? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. When I'm on my own. And have you used them before? I have, but I it was like I had tunnel vision in the in the pool and I was like swimming over people in the public. Like uh like the woman probably thought I was like trying to touch her up or something, like getting in touch with <laughs> the lifeguards and everything. I nearly lost my gym membership. Like so a bit <laughs> oh, goggles, new gym membership. <laughs> yeah. It was the goggles, honestly. <laughs> the same ones that Christian wears. That's how he picks up birds. He just wears his form goggles and swims. Yeah, and he ends up swimming goggles. over them and they're like, Jesus, like he's a bit forward, this one. Take <laughs> right, it easy, Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean they're, yeah, they're all right. They just display in open water that I don't think they're not quite up to scratch because like they rely on the GPS of the uh of the watch and that's often pretty crappy. Yeah. No, well, how come you don't just use a watch though when you're swimming in like the pool? No, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't. A lot, I just of, use a, clock. A, a lot of swimmers don't like using a watch, do they? Like, yeah, they're, they're, I, I feel like, like it gets in the way when I put my hand in the water. Like, I feel like drag with my right. You know what I mean? Really? What you feel like yeah. the watch is like dragging? It's just like ruining your your stroke and everything. Yeah, I feel like it's disrupting my flow. <laughs> so when you do a triathlon, like, so when you did this, like. Uh, Laguna one on the weekend, like long distance. Did you put? A, did you not wear a watch for the run? Did you or did yeah, you? Yeah, I wore, a watch. I wore a watch because I, I wanted to look at my heart rate because, mate, it's so flipping hot here. Like it's different, different heat. Like, have you ever been to this part of the world before? Yeah, I've I've been there. It's like similar to Kona. It's just fucking humid, isn't it? Like you're just yeah, sweating, humid, just like sat yeah. there all the time. What's yeah. um? So did you put the what? Did you have a watch on for the swim or not? Yeah, yeah. So and did it feel a little weird when you were swimming? Yeah, then? it felt weird. It felt well weird. <laughs> That's you proper triathletes. Yeah. Going back to that uh, Gordon and that, and obviously the sub seven. But don't you think it would be good if we did like another sub seven, like or like some kind of team format, like we did there? Like, what do you re- what would you like to see if they did some kind of team event again? Like, would you like to see a lot more teams doing it at once, or just like head to head between like two triathletes? Like, imagine if they ask for you like we're going to give you the money max what do you reckon would be good to watch and like an exciting race what would you do i i i i flip and loved sub seven i thought it was great like 
everything about it. You had so many people involved, all the brands, like at the race hotel the night before, like you remember, we were both there. Like you had loads of cyclists, runners, swimmers, like all the brand reps. And it just felt like a really, really like different event. So to have it again would be mad. But what I reckon is you need to have three or four athletes this time. And you say, all right, you can pick your team of five to five to seven athletes, depending on how many like the budget is, right? Because you need to pay everyone. Yeah. And and just just make it work and we'll see who wins. Basically about like you can call it like an iron battle or something, like or sub yeah, you wouldn't call it sub seven anymore because you've obviously done it, but yeah. You could call it like the iron battle or like the show the the showdown or something. Would you start all four teams off together? So like everyone yeah. starts at the same time. All right. Yeah, I so everyone together. Cause you but they're not to... allowed to draft each other, are they, on the bike? Like one team's not yeah. allowed to draft another team, are they? I think keep the same format, but put four people in and then yeah. four or three people in. So then it creates like a real dynamic and then you yeah. can build the hype like all week, like getting the rivalries going between the teams. And it's yeah. really good like viewer, viewer entertainment because when you barked at Christian, that's still one of the most viral moments in triathlon, isn't it? Yeah, it probably is actually, to be honest. Yeah, crazy. Like, yeah. Uh, well, people love it. They love you. That's what you need. You need to entertain the people because, like, all these races we see all the time are well boring. Like, no one wants to watch us, you know, ride around a car park in Italy or something. Like, you want you want entertainment, and and I think that's what Sub Seven gave. It gave like obviously amazing performances, but also like it was extremely entertaining. And then because it was long, you you got to have like the guy from Morton on there explaining like nutrition, the guy from Giant or Argon explaining the bikes, and then all that to the viewer and the viewer was like properly engaged you know so it might even be enough to tempt you away from short course racing do you reckon you might even be like well see you later british triathlon i don't want to buy another tri suit off you i'm gonna go and uh (laughs) you're gonna go rogue like me where you end up uh having them chase you for your bills and stuff like uh that entry fee is uh haunting me mate like i might be ending up racing for bahrain or something at this rate like uh (laughs) You go. You might, might go AWOL. Might yeah. If you if I if, if you don't hear from me again, it's not from my choice. It was because British Triathlon have kidnapped me until I pay the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, of course, like I made some pretty good money on the weekend, and 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 I said it on another show. Like when when you see some of the money that we make in our racing, it makes you think, bloody hell, am I doing this for charity or like, uh, you know. What what am I doing this for? So um, obviously, like with the PTO and all that, the crazy price purses and obviously sponsors are way more interested in in long course. It makes you think, you know, at least maybe a a hybrid program or something where you do Super League, long course, and a bit of uh, ITU. But it, yeah, it's 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 a it's a difficult time to be to be a short course triathlete. Like I'm not going to lie. So your your next race is Bahrain, isn't it? Like when is that? Is that like a week a week this weekend? Some around uh, that is it? Like the following Friday? Is it next like, Friday? So it's not, it's not, so you got Friday tomorrow. It's not next Friday. It's the, the one after. All right. So you've got two weeks from tomorrow, just over, yeah, so yeah. just over two weeks now. If in Bahrain, you smash it, you get a really good result. I don't know, top three, something like that. That would be a decent yeah. result, wouldn't it? In that race, like looking yeah. at who's, who's racing. So let's just say you get like a top three, you get some decent money and you get like a sponsor or two, like that like end up sponsoring you for next year. Would that be the end for like, doing the world triathlon series or whatever all that kind of stuff not super league because you love super league don't you like you yeah, you yeah. probably love that so like but would that spell the end for the itu racing for next year or would you still do that like so regardless of how bahrain goes will you still do it or if you get a really good result in bahrain 
and things are like, and you're thinking, God, I'm getting some more right money here. I could get some good sponsors. Would that be enough to tempt you away for well, a year? I, I think I still want to have a pop at the Olympics. So I don't think I'm quite ready yet, but I mean, for sure, like it, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to, to say no. Right. Because I know a lot of these sponsors are only just interested in long course. Like if you say, Oh yeah, but I'm racing on a triathlon live TV for 50 quid, a 50 quid a month. They'll just be like, why do they charge people for that? Because to me, it doesn't make sense because it just stops more people getting into the sport. Like you'd think that they would want to keep it, you know, like make it free and just get as many people interested as possible. Like what, why do they charge? Has anyone like any of the athletes asked them? Because I mean, obviously they're charging like a shitload of money. Like you say, like 10, 15 quid a month to watch it. But why are they not giving the money to the athletes? Like I can understand like, what do they do with this money? Like, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I genuinely have no idea. Like, I think that's one of the biggest the biggest things that athletes say is like, why 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 are people having to pay to watch us? Because, like, it's crazy. It's not a big enough sport, is it? It's yeah. not big enough at the moment. You need to get people interested before you charge them. But also, it's not like the money even goes to the athletes. I mean, could you imagine in boxing, like you get a fight with like a couple of you know big names and stuff, and all the money from the TV revenue goes to the goes to the people that are like I don't know goes to the promoters and the fighters get zero money from the TV revenue. There would be absolute uproar. It just would not happen. Like what? I don't understand how the ITU can charge to watch it. And then the athletes don't get any cut of the money. It's like if all the athletes said, well, you know what? If you don't give us a cut, if you don't give us a cut, we're not going to race this race tomorrow. They haven't even got a product. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they're using the athletes racing and then the athletes don't get any money. I mean, you'd at least expect 50% of the total TV revenue to go to the athletes. Like, and then they divvy it out or something but like i i just think that's crazy that they do that yeah yeah, yeah. well i i, I mean I, I i've got i agree with you but i've got no answers like i don't know what i don't know what's going on i've tried to ask some athletes athlete reps before because we've got athlete reps but yeah. they you know to be fair to them i think they try but they, they seem to just be a, like a bit of a box ticking exercise where they've got this athlete council and then and then they say oh we got the athlete council but a lot of the decisions that are made are already made and they just they just swipe swipe and pass the athlete council and the athlete council goes oh yeah we'd like to amend it and they go well you can't decisions made so what's well, what about if the athlete council just said all right well we ain't gonna race tomorrow so see you later like you better yeah, probably, uh, organize some other athletes probably, like, I've, I've thought of this a lot and like it, it, we've spoken a lot of people like you know i'm probably one that's quite vocal compared to most but a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Like, this is crazy. We need a union. We need like to be able to have more spots on our tri suits. We need to be able to like have like corporate sponsors sponsor the events because like we don't have any corporate sponsors. There's like NTT and, and a few others, but think about it. If you opened it up to privatization, yeah. If you said tomorrow, right. Okay. We're going to privatize this series. We're going to sell the the blue carpet brought to you by whatever the swim brought to you by whatever the bike brought to you by whatever Like you could sell like every aspect of the race. And that would create so much revenue for the athletes, but also would, would make our, our racing worth something because right now the only worth it's got is you can go to the Olympics, which is great. And I want to do that. And I'm, my Kate wants to do that. And we're really, really motivated to do that. But the issue is that your Olympic pursuit is costing you your living. Like realistically, Basically, the athlete board almost needs to say these are the these are the changes we want to see. Basically, all the stuff what you've said, and if they say no, then the athlete board says to the athletes, right guys, let's all just boycott ITU until they do it. And yeah, if everyone way. just boycotted it, yeah. I know if they did and they didn't actually have a series, then uh, 
they would literally have to change after the first race, basically, wouldn't they? Because, you know, imagine if they had like the race in Abu Dhabi and yeah. two people turned up or three people. It's like, well, what are they going to do for the next one? If everyone says, and we're going to do the same thing for the next one, if you don't turn up. And in the meantime, all these guys are just competing in long course racing uh, yeah. until they get changed. And then all of a sudden overnight, boom, all right, we're going to, um, we're going to change it. And then uh, there you go. Sorted job done. Two races. Yeah, I mean, in, in theory, that's how that's how uh, that's how industrial action works, right? When you see a train strike, or it's like a nurse. strike. Yeah, just basically yeah. be a strike, wouldn't it? You know, we're not going to turn up to work unless you you change these uh, things for us. But it's almost like it seems like in ITU, everyone moans, but then they're all at the next race. So it's almost like you've got you've got your employers who are like getting employed by the ITU, and they're moaning, saying this job shit, this is crap. I wish I got paid more. And then the employers like, yep. Yeah, but I'll see you on Monday at nine. And you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then like Monday <laughs> comes and you don't say, right, you say, thank you. Thank you. Sir. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See you there. See you on Monday. And then Monday comes and they're working, they're grafting again. And they're meant to finish at five, gets to 6 PM and they're finishing. They're like, yep. Yeah, see you tomorrow. See you on Tuesday. They turn up and it just goes round and round like that. And the employers just moan to each other. This is shit. We're getting taken for a mug here, but like they still keep turning up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know you summed it up pretty well like I don't really know what to say because at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them guys <laughs> and then and then they go I've had enough of this I'm gonna do long course and then they say oh to their mates you should come and do it like you it's a lot better you can pick and choose what races you want to do and stuff but like, the thing is it would uh I think the potential for short course to earn more money is definitely there but they yeah. just need to they just need to do these changes I but I don't understand why the ITU wouldn't want to make more money because Surely, if they make more money, they can make better. They've got more power to do better races and stuff, haven't they? Or more money to invest in TV coverage to try and get bigger sponsors. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm all ears. If anyone's got any solutions, like, I think it's pretty simple. You just need to privatize the circuit. If you privatize the circuit and open it up to investment, and obviously that might take a few years to get proper corporate sponsors on board. But like, I don't think people realize how good all the all the short course guys and girls are. Like. If you put any of these guys and girls on a TT bike and like put them in a put them in a, a long course race, they're going to smash it. Like they might not yeah. win, but they'll be up there for sure. Like the standard is so so high among among short course athletes, and and I know like personally, I know all the guys on the circuit pretty much, and all the girls, and 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 it's just insane that these 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 people are so undervalued and 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 disrespected in a way because they basically what they're saying is we don't value you enough to pay you enough to 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 pay your bills you know and you're gonna have to pay to get to your race and you're gonna have to pay for this but until yeah like until until there's major change like you know who knows maybe super league makes a big move or or pto goes into short course like they it's it's basically like a supermarket that's got no no rivals so they can charge the whatever price they want for the food yeah you can take a horse to water mate but you can't make it drink (laughs) how how can i get on the athlete board i'd get on the athlete board and like stir stir the pot (laughs) up a bit like what do i need to do to get onto it i don't know i think you might need to race how do i do it do you need to race a short course race to be on the athlete board why why would i need to race a short course race though like can't i just race race you race itu worlds right so technically you have got an itu race I just enter a shit short course race and just then i just put my name down for the athlete board like how do i do it like I've got nothing to I've got nothing to lose like I'm I'm a loose cannon like (laughs) (laughs) how funny would that be if you and I got elected to the athlete board and we were just sitting there in front of the commission yeah I would definitely be up for it 
If anyone knows how to do it, just let me know. Um, anyway, uh, Cotimel, what do we think of that? Like, swim was cancelled and it looked like a calm day. I mean, you've, you grew up in Australia, probably did surf life-saving, and I think the wave was about, what I saw was about a foot. I did hear people say, apparently, the current changed. So instead of having a current pushing you, you had to swim against it. But surely that's like, that's part of the course, isn't it? You know, sometimes you're going to win and you get the current push you. Sometimes you're going to lose and you're going to have to swim into the current. Like, surely it should have just gone on. Or just yeah. do the swim like the, you know, make a little swim course up or something and you just do like, I don't know, four or five laps, you know, or something like that. But yeah. like, surely it should have gone on, shouldn't it? Like this, it, I feel like triathlon's getting so flipping soft with all these swims getting cancelled. You know, yeah, people I mean, are entering think, races yeah. when they're not fit enough to do it, aren't they? You know, like... I, mean, I think the issue is Ironman are so concerned about safety of the athletes that then it affects the pro race. Like, there should be a different set of rules for the athletes. And, like, if they're that worried about deaths, first of all, make it harder to enter a race. And second of all, yeah. have different rules for the pros and for the age groupers because you're talking about professional athletes that spend their life training to swim, bike, and run. And then you're going to say as soon as a little wave, oh, well, no, we can't go in that. But so then you just might as well not have any races in the ocean then because if if your threshold is so low you like in south africa every year they shorten the flipping swim. yeah well what's yeah, the point? that's why we like it that's why i like it uh, <laughs> yeah but what i don't get is like it's supposed to be like iron man prides herself you know on being like the hardest one day endurance event in the world so like surely it should be hard to finish it and if some people get unlucky and they have to swim against the current and they can't finish it that's sod's law, you know. It's not supposed to be yeah. easy, is it? That like, I actually think if there was a higher DNF rate, people would look at it and give it a lot more respect because they'd be like, "You have to train bloody hard for this," you know. It's not an, yeah, it's not yeah. a given that you're going to finish, you know. Like, um, whereas I think just making it softer and softer kind of dumbs it down a bit, you know, and having all these cancellations and stuff. Plus, I'd be gutted if it was my first one. The swim got cancelled, you know. I'd be a bit like, "Oh, what a nightmare!" Like, I haven't still haven't. Well, yeah, it. that's the thing is, then it takes all credibility away from like. Obviously, Leon Chevalier is super strong and, and, and whatever, but everyone's always going to say, yeah, he won it, but, you know, there was no swim or but this or but that, which is shit for us as well as athletes because you tell yourself, well, you want to go to a race to be competitive and to, like, get your bonuses and, and, and get your credit, whatever. But then if it's turned into a duathlon or whatever, which it was this year for us as well, a few races, it just turns it into a shit show. Yeah. Um. And the other race that you uh, were going to go on about was this ITU race, wasn't it? I can't remember what it was called. You knew what it was called, but I did see the clip. And uh, you let us know, let us let the listeners uh, know what happened in this one because it's very controversial, wasn't it? Like, yeah, wasn't right. it so important? Then, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So to set the scene, this is probably this is an end of year World Cup in Chile, in South America, where a lot of women were fighting for their Olympic spot, mainly American women. So you had Katie Zafiro's, Gwen Jorgensen. Uh, and a few other Americans fighting for their uh, their Olympic spot or ranking or whatever, and um, and basically you had you had a race where Katie Zafirez along with a French girl, a Spanish girl, a Czech girl, and uh, a Brazilian all broke away on the bike, worked together really well, and got like a, a minute gap or something. So like brilliant racing. Then you know I was watching it live here. And, you were uh, watching it live, so you saw all this shit happen yeah, in real yeah, time. Was, then basically, I was watching it live, and then um, and and they were they were leading. Katie had a terrible transition, still caught up, dropped everyone, won the race, flipping awesome, breakaway win. She wins her first World Cup in I don't know how long, and Gwen Jorgensen comes third. However, like straight after the race, the coverage cuts, and the commentators say, "Oh, there's been a protest made by Gwen Jorgensen, whatever." 
Is that who made the protest? Yeah, Gwen went straight to the officials, straight to the officials, made the complaint. And um, because what had happened was, despite the course map being like literally a line through the thing, they the official had forgotten to signal there being like a left right. It was basically you had to bear left. They actually ended up running further because they made the the corner wider, didn't they? So they didn't actually help themselves. They actually ran slightly further because they were on the outside, realised they'd gone wrong and then cut over the fence and ended up not not gaining anything, did they? It was not a good advantage what they had. They didn't gain anything. And and what's funny was that course was used the week before for Pan American Games and you had the Brazilian guy and Hidalgo and uh, Grijales, the Mexican, who went did the same thing and hopped over the traffic island and they didn't get disqualified or penalized. So from one week to the next, the ITU have decided to change their mind that no, we're just going to disqualify these girls this time. And on that podium, you had the tech girl who has had a breakthrough year, who's a, her second ever World Cup podium. And it's, and it's huge for her, you know, like Czechoslovakia don't have many triathletes and potentially that's cost her like a ranking to get to the Olympic Games. And Kate Really? Before, could that stop her from going yeah. to the Olympics? That could stop her from getting to the Olympics then? Uh... Well, let's say she has a shit start of the year next year and drops in the rankings that someone else overtakes her and she's lost her World Cup podium from this year. She's she's fucked. Wow. So, um, yeah. And just to talk about this, the actual bit, what they did wrong. So we'll post this up on our Instagram. But I think as well that there's massive sour grapes because if I was behind and i saw them doing that i and even if someone protested like let's just say so i was going to finish i don't know fourth or fifth or something like that and then i got would have got moved up to second because someone else was going to protest if i saw that i'd say no i don't want it like they fucking beat me fair and square like there should have been a marshal really there telling them to stay left there wasn't so and you know what it's like when you're in the book you're in a 5k your ball's out you're 2k two and a half k coming up to two and a half k to go in a race yeah. like that, you're literally at the mercy of the marshals, aren't you? Because as people you're can say... Thinking. You're not thinking. Yeah, about you're not it. thinking. And that's why you do these races, isn't it? Because you want to be on the limit, but you need marshals to tell you and to help you out because you can't think of a course map. It's not like where you're going on a little jog and you know where you're going. It's literally like your heart rate's at 190. You're flat out. You're on the limit. You're racing three other people and you're racing, like you say, to get to the Olympics. You know, it's fucking massive. I think that's fucking sour grapes complaining, to be honest. I'd be right yeah, if I can put out. If someone, yeah, if someone did that to me and they complained and I was going to get moved up to second place, I'd say, the fuck are you doing? Like, they beat us fair and square. Just fucking accept it. Like, they weren't a marshal there. And I'd give them my medal and say, I'd give my medal back to the person who got second and say, here you go, have it. Like, I don't want a game from this because I wasn't good enough on the day. And it's basically a technicality that you're complaining on to get moved up. I think that's fucking sour grapes, except that you got beaten and there weren't a marshal there and, like, get better next time. I hate people that try and like move themselves up because like they try and, yeah. you know, do stuff like that. Don't you think it's fucking sour, isn't it? It's like you got yeah, yeah, beaten fair and square. You weren't good enough. Yeah. Like, you know, it's disgusting behavior. And, and from, from a very um, kind of like a usual culprit, you know, like the person who put the complaint in, I won't name the name, but I mean, you can find her pretty quickly on, on, on socials. Well, like, you've already told us, you said it was Gwen Jorgensen. Yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but like, you know, it's just like, and people say, oh, rules are rules, whatever. Like, yeah, but the thing she is, she might've gone wrong if there was people in, yeah. if she was at the front, because there was no marshal there. So yeah, <laughs> like she was, was just no lucky marshal. that she, and, and if you look back at the course map on what they were given at briefing, there was no way you could tell that that was the way to go. So 
the fault is on is on is on the well, organizers. Themselves. She was probably like, like wacky races. She was probably like close enough that she was shouting right, right, right. You know, and the other <laughs> girls went right. She went left, and she was probably like, oh yes. When I appeal this at the end, I'm getting moved up. This is like, you know, like yeah. what's his, that guy's name from Wacky Races, like Dick Dastardly or something. Was that his name? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, yeah, oh to, yeah to be fair apparently the only person on that podium who didn't put in a protest because there's other girls that like not only gwen complained and then a bunch of other girls behind them helped her in her protest which is why oh, it ultimately God. went through so they ganged up on these four girls and the only one that didn't put in the protest was vicky holland from gb to be fair so it's just it's just it's ridiculous and like how how is that the fault of the athlete how is the athlete supposed to know that that's the way to go when you've got no one telling you where to go and the course map looks flipping straight. Like The kind of people that complain about that are the kind of people you'll go out on a night out and they'll never buy a fucking round, mate, you know. They'll be there. They'll get them, They'll put themselves six in line or seventh in line to get around, yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. that people are only going to stay for five rounds. They've got five rounds free and then they fuck off because they've got to get home. That's the and kind of people say, oh, that complain about like that. The missus is calling. Sorry, lads. Yeah, oh, missus is calling. I've got to go. See you later. See you later. And the next time they go out, they're still at the six in round. So by the time, before you know it, you've been out 10 times. This person's never brought around. He's getting a night paid for himself every time. That's yeah. the kind of person they are. He's like that like, little shit at the end of, you know, at the end of uh, in college or like uh, high school when you were like at the end of the, 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 the class, the teacher's forgotten about the fucking homework and he puts his hands up and goes, miss, there was homework. That's that type yeah. of person. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly that, that type of person. I used to be at school, believe it or not, and I didn't used to get my homework done. So I'd be there in uh, the, the class and uh, I'd forget all about it. And uh, someone would be like, have you done your homework for whatever it is, English? No. I'd be in maths and I'd be like, shit, like this teacher's going to fucking, she's got it in for me. I need to get this done. So I'd be there in maths. I'd be trying to do English homework while I'm in that. Maths teacher would be kicking off. Like you ain't done this work there. I'm like, Jesus, I've got to try and weigh up my options here. What do I do? Do my maths work in this class and take the hit that I ain't done the English homework or just try and get the English homework done. Take a bit of a bollocking from the maths one that's not as bad as the English one and hand that in. Oh, mate, it was constantly weighing up my options and trying to avoid like trouble. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty similar I used to the see only... a guy called Andre from Mexico. He just moved to Australia from Mexico, and his dad was a maths teacher at the university. And uh, yeah. I was crap, I was crap at maths, still am. And I was like, I made friends with him because I was like, oh, this guy's well good at maths. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit next to him. So I used to sit next to him. I used to give, you know, give him a nod and say, oh, Andre, if you let me, because uh, he always used to finish like 20 minutes before everyone because he was he was well good at maths. I was like, if you yeah. let me see your paper, I'll buy you something from the canteen. And it had, I had the best year of maths, mate, I've ever had. Because I used to have oh. Andre slipping me his, fl his flipping algebra notes and I would buy him a chocolate milk or something for like a dollar. And my parents were well truffed. They said, oh, you've really progressed. You must be working hard. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm working well hard. <laughs> yeah, work, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> that was like an investment, wasn't it? It was like he was yeah. on your payroll, wasn't he? You were paying him to like help you. <laughs> yeah, well, like, there's nothing wrong with thinking outside the box, kids. You know what you know what Bill Gates used to say, don't you? Give the laziest people the hardest tasks because they'll find the easiest way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, on that note anyway, we'll we'll call we'll call it a day. Uh great to catch up with you again, Max, and yeah. uh try and get another one out with you soon. Uh God knows what Tom's doing. He's probably like laying on a beach with his feet up and a and a cocktail in his hand or something. What do you reckon? I, re I reckon he's I reckon he's going from influencer spot to influencer spot in Mexico. I saw he's at Tulum Beach. Next thing he'll be in flipping uh, Christ the Redeemer in Brazil taking selfies. So we'll see where he's at. He reckons that 
latest I heard before Cochumel, uh for people that don't know, he had three punches in Cochumel, so had a nightmare. Uh, didn't finish. Absolutely gutted about it because he seemed like he was getting a bit fitter in the last few weeks because Max was what seeing the training and going, flipping heck, he's doing all his training in the last two weeks, three weeks. Like, is he is he going to be right? And it actually seemed like he would improve quite a lot. Like, I mean, I saw some of his rides in Strava and he was riding like 42, 43 k's an hour. I thought, actually, it's looking the, it's looking bright for him here. He might actually get around this and actually get like a respectable result. So he's absolutely gutted that he had that. But I know what he said to me before that race was I've actually gained a lot of fitness in the last three or four weeks. I think it's, I'm going to have a week off after the race. Like this is obviously hoping if it went well, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to smash the training and I'm going to do an early season race. And he was looking at doing either Ironman New Zealand or Ironman South Africa and uh, giving that a good crack. And if he does actually stick to what he said and have a week off and then bangs out some training, he could do all right. Couldn't he Max in uh, yeah. with four months of good training? The thing is, Will he stick to doing twenty five hours training a week or not? Like that's the that's the uh, <laughs> to continued. yeah to be continued. We'll find out, guys, when we catch up with him in a week's time. It's probably best we uh, didn't have him on the show this week because he was absolutely steaming after that race and not being able to finish. He was not a happy bunny, but um, I'm I reckon he's probably cheered up a lot now. And when we get him on next week, we'll see what the latest update is from him. All right, mate. Good to chat. See you soon. See you later. See ya.